0: Hi everybody, this is Scott George. I want to welcome you to uh, today's online service. Uh, We are so glad that you're with us and uh, the next few moments uh, could be the very best moments of your week. I'm certainly hoping that is the case. Uh, Our entire staff is ready to lead our church uh, in worship and we are grateful that we can all come together and the promise of God is still true that where two or three are gathered in my name, that you are in Midst and so we are grateful that God's presence is with us today Uh, we're glad you're here it's gonna be a really 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 good day Uh, this uh, month we are focusing on hymns for hope help and healing and we kick off a brand new uh, theme uh, this month and we are focusing on one of the greatest hymns of all time amazing grace and so the month of July is gonna be all focused on uh, God's grace Uh, the month of June was healing and today we're kicking off the wonderful hymn uh, John Newton wrote, a former slave trader who turned into a voice of compassion. And uh, he wrote the beautiful, uh, beautiful hymn, Amazing Grace. And so we're, we're gonna be looking at that today. We've got some great music and worship planned. Uh, Sandra's gonna have a wonderful uh, children's teaching and it's gonna be a great time. So let's, uh, let's start off with, uh, with a word of prayer together. Uh, If you're worshiping with your husband or your wife or your family, let's join hands just for a moment and ask God's blessing upon our time together. Father, thank you for amazing grace. Thank you for John Newton and thank you for the, the gift that he gave us and reminding us that your grace is so amazing. Lord, I pray for uh, everyone that's watching today, all of our Pinecastle family members, all of our friends that are watching. Uh, God, let us tap into a new measure of your grace today. Thank you for your presence that's with us. I pray that you'll be glorified in everything that is said and done as we come to worship you. So we do that today, we thank you for it in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen. Hang on, it's going to be a great service. We're looking forward to being with you. And uh, I'll come back at the end to pray with you and close out another online service that we're worshiping together here at Pinecastle. God bless you.
1: Good morning, everybody. I hope you're having a wonderful 4th of July weekend. Thank you for making time during your busy weekend to join us for our live stream service today. We're so glad you're here. If you're new here, please take a moment to like our page to be notified of future live events. Add your voice to the conversation by engaging in the comments, and hit that share arrow to spread the good news with your family and your friends. Now, I'm sure you've all been watching the news regarding the increase in COVID-19 cases. They continue to rise in our area. In fact, they're hitting record numbers, and in light of this dramatic increase, your leadership team made the very difficult decision to postpone our return to in-person worship that we had scheduled for July the 12th. At this time, we feel online worship is the safest approach. So we will continue to live stream our worship services each Sunday at 10.30 a.m. on Facebook and on our website, pinecastleumc.com. Speaking of the website, that's where you can find all the latest information. We'll keep you up to date about what we're planning and when we believe that it's safe to return to in-person worship. We will let you know. Our PC share for this week is this. The longer you know Christ, the more you should grow in grace. Pastor Scott will be delving into that during his message in a little bit, but take a moment right now to post that on social media. And when you do, be sure to tag us. We're at Pinecastle UMC on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Pinecastle, we understand how hard the season has been. We know the pandemic has caused stress and anxiety. And you've been in our thoughts and prayers all this week as a number of cases in Florida continue to rise. These are very challenging times for America. You know There is so much pain, anger, and division in our land. Now more than ever, this is a time when we need to declare our dependence on God, the God who sees, hears, and knows everything. We need things to change, but only God can do it.
2: It was my tomb till I made you. I was breathing but not alive. All my failures I tried to hide. It was my tomb. ¡Suscríbete My soul, and now your freedom is all. Heavy, but chains break at the weight of your glory. I needed shelter. I was an orphan. But you call me a citizen of heaven. When I was broken, you were my hero.
3: morning kids. Today, Pastor Scott is starting a new series on hymns about grace, about God's grace. Ephesians 2.8 tells us that grace is a free gift. It's God's gift for you and for me. It's not a gift because it's our birthday, and it's not a gift because it's a holiday. It's a gift because He loves us. Nothing you do will let you earn it, no matter how hard you work. You won't get it it's just a free gift because but there's a catch to get this free gift you have to live for Jesus you have to have Jesus in your heart he has to be Lord of your life well today have some ice cream cones and this ice cream cone represents you and me without Jesus It's empty. But ice cream cones were meant to be filled, right? With ice cream. They're not very tasty without it, are they? Well, when we ask Jesus to be Lord of our life, when we invite Jesus in our heart, we are allowing him to fill us up. You see, God didn't create us to be empty. He created us to be full of him. Say John 3.16 with me. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. That's grace. That's God's grace. That verse tells us that God sent his one and only son because he loved us, because he wants to spend forever with us. Do we deserve to be with Jesus forever, walking down the streets of gold in the most beautiful place there is? No, we don't. But God loved us so much that he sent his son To forgive our sins even though we can be selfish sometimes he still loves us and forgives us and wants to be with us forever that's grace that's God's grace for you and for me that's God's free gift to us that's pretty amazing and you know God doesn't just give us his grace He blesses us with many blessings. Let's pray. Dear God, you're amazing. Your grace is amazing. You love us so much in spite of the things we can do and the selfish ways we can behave. Thank you for loving me that much. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Kids, this ice cream is dripping on me. You know what that reminds me of? When we have God's grace, we need to share His grace with others. It should be dripping from us. We need to be the example that Jesus is. Now, I'm going to see you next week with another treat. But now it's time to pass it off to Pastor John, who's going to receive today's tithes and offerings. Bye.
4: Good morning. It's a pleasure to worship with you today. You ever dream? You know, the Bible has some very interesting facts about dreaming. There are two kinds of dreams, a reliable dream and an unreliable dream, an example of an unreliable dream is when you may dream about winning the lottery. I know you wouldn't do that, but I'm sure some of you may. And you think about what you would do with the tons of money. You would help your family. You would help the community. You'd give 20% to the church and on and on and on. That is an unreliable dream. Probably never happened. But I'll read you today from Malachi 3.10, a reliable dream. God says it very clearly, Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord God Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be room enough to store it. One translation says, instead of so much blessing, the blessings beyond your wildest dreams i'm for that so let's have the offering yay let us pray thank you god that you promise us tremendous blessings beyond our wildest dreams and imaginations as we serve you by serving others we give our tithes offerings and love gifts to you this day that God's love may be felt by all who receive help, comfort, and a sense of security through the ministry of Pine Castle Church. We give in that spirit of love in Jesus' name, amen.
2: grace appear, the hour I first believed, the many dangerous souls and stairs we have see God's grace, then we... da nah.
0: Pastor Scott here. Welcome to our online worship service today. I hope you have enjoyed our our time together and our worship. In just a few moments, I'm going to bring the message to you uh, from the Word. Uh, As many of you know, it is July 4th weekend, and I want to wish you a happy 4th of July. Uh, We are uh, continuing our series uh, for this month on the hymns, hymns for hope, healing, and help. Last month was hymns on healing and it just so happens that I'm in the chapel here today and behind me is a beautiful stained glass that is a a beautiful imagery of the healing of Christ and how ironic that for the past couple of weeks I've been teaching uh, in front of this beautiful stained glass window that speaks that God is our healer. Uh, Now that it's a a new month we're going to look at now hymns that are gonna talk about the grace, the grace of God. So last month was healing, this month is grace, and I think it's, um, I think it's ironic that uh, today is July 4th, and we are kicking off a new series, and the hymns that we're gonna focus on are grace. Fourth uh, of July is our nation's independence. And we're celebrating that today. Maybe you're going to have time with your family and friends and barbecue and and fireworks. It's going to be a great celebration of liberty and freedom. As we look at uh, this month's focus, the hymns on grace, I hope that you will be liberated and experience freedom from the law. I pray that, that, that as we look in today's word and we look at today's lesson on amazing grace that you will be liberated from the spirit of law and that you will begin to live a life of grace and that you like our nation will experience incredible freedom that can be found in the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Today we're looking at probably one of the most famous hymns of all time. Uh, John Newton in 1779 wrote beautiful hymn, Amazing Grace. What a great, great uh, hymn of the church. And uh, we're looking at that uh, today. Let me read some of the lyrics from, from Amazing Grace. You know it, you can sing along with me. Amazing Grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found, was blind, and now I see. Twas grace that taught my heart to fear, and grace my fears relieved. How precious did that grace appear the hour I first believed. Through dangers, toils, and snares, I have already come. Tis grace has brought me safe thus far, and grace will lead me home. The Lord has promised good to me. His word and hope secures. He will my shield and portion be as long as life endures. When we've been there 10,000 years, bright shining as the sun, we've no less days to sing God's praise than when we first begun. Amazing Grace, written by John Newton in 1779. John came from a a home that was broken and he was broken. And because of his brokenness, he was a candidate to experience the grace of God. He was called Blasphemous John. He was mean, had a foul mouth. He was a slave trader. And he would take uh, slaves from the coast of Africa ship them over to uh, the United States. And uh, one time on one of the ships, uh, John got very, very, very sick and everyone hated him. And they took him down below where the slaves were. And how ironic that the very people that he was selling were the people that would eventually take care of him and bring him back to health. History tells us that, that uh, on another uh, trip Uh, He had one of his friends go overboard and die, and that experience turned his life around, and uh, he made a decision to follow Jesus Christ as his personal savior. His life was dramatically changed, and he went from a slave trader to an advocate for freedom. He, in British courts and and, and the parliament, he was the voice, he was the advocate, he was the abolitionist, and and he turned so radically Uh, his life around because of the amazing grace of God. And he penned this beautiful hymn, Amazing Grace. How sweet the sound. See, he experienced uh, amazing grace and he was able to write that. And what a Mm -hmm. gift Uh, this song and this hymn is to churches. Uh, It's been said that it's sung over 10 million times every year around the world, Amazing Grace. And uh, it, it is a wonderful, wonderful illustration of God's kindness, God's goodness, God's a grace that is amazing. So I hope you have your Bible. We're going to go to um, a story in the Old Testament. And it's a story of um, uh, David, King David, and Mephibosheth. One of the greatest stories of God's grace, I believe, that's in the the Old Testament. A story of incredible, credible grace. And we're going to look at that today. Before we do that, I want you to turn to a verse of Scripture. Go to 2 Peter Uh, Chapter 3 and verse 18. 2 Peter chapter 3 and verse 18. I want to read this to you as we begin our look today at amazing grace. If you're with me, say amen. But grow in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. To him be glory both now and forevermore. I want you to notice that verse of scripture commands us to grow in grace. It says to grow in grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. You see, as you get to know Jesus Christ and your knowledge of him increases, you're going to grow in grace. Now notice it doesn't say grow in judgment or grow in legalism. Second Peter chapter three says grow in the grace. That word there grow means to expand. It means to increase, it means to enlarge. And as you get to know Jesus Christ, you are gonna grow in that knowledge and that knowledge produces grace. See, the longer you walk with Jesus, the more graceful you should be. The longer you serve Christ, you should be full of grace. And people should be saying of you, you have amazing grace, why? Because you know the Lord Jesus Christ, And when you get to know him, you grow in grace. And yet sometimes it it seems like that there's some Christians that the longer they serve Christ, the more bitter they get, the more hardened they get, the more cynical they get, the more legalistic they become. And I would challenge you today that that is contrary to scripture. I think that the longer you know Christ, the more you should grow in grace. so I wanna encourage you today, as we look at this story of Amazing Grace and John Newton and the hymn Amazing Grace, as we look into God's word today, ask yourself, am I growing in grace? As I walk with Christ more, am I becoming more cynical, more judgmental, more legalistic, or am I becoming more graceful and full of grace? God's word tells us to grow in grace. And I wanna challenge you you today, church, to be full of grace. And John Newton was right, he understood it. He was guilty, He, he deserved judgment, but the grace of God came into his life and a man who was once a formerly a slave trader became an advocate to free those that are enslaved in bondage. That's amazing grace. And what happened in John Newton's life? He grew in grace. Now, we're going to look at what I believe one of the best stories in the Old Testament on uh, on, uh, the topic of grace and mercy. And I want you to go to your Bible. Go to to 2 Samuel, 2 Samuel chapter 4. And we're going to look at a story by the name of, a guy by the name of Mephibosheth. It's a funny name but a great story on grace. See, he, Mephibosheth was, was one of the descendants of King Saul. And, and David was overthrowing the kingdom of Saul. And at, during that battle, the Bible says that Mephibosheth uh, and, and one of the maids, one of the servants, they picked him up and they were fleeing from the enemy that was coming to take over Saul's kingdom. And, and the Bible says in, in, in the second Samuel chapter four, and I'm gonna read it here just a moment, that Mephibosheth was dropped and he became a cripple for life. So uh, let's go to 2 Samuel chapter 4 and verse 4. Let me read this to you. because This is really powerful. It says that uh, uh, that, uh, Mephibosheth was five years old when the news about Saul and Jonathan came. His nurse picked him up and fled, but as she hurried to leave, he fell and became crippled. And his name was... Mephibosheth, he had an accident, life is filled with accidents, life is filled with people who fall, life is filled with people who uh, uh, become crippled. And here is this five year old boy, his name was Mephibosheth, and he was crippled in both feet. Now, in our life that we experience today, uh, if you're crippled, it's not the end of your life. But back then, when you became crippled, it was a huge liability. He was absolutely hopeless and helpless. He couldn't do things for himself. They didn't have the technology the wheelchair chairs and the medical advances that we have today. So when he became a cripple at, at five years old, uh, he, was, he was in a rough, rough situation. And I found uh, in life, that life has a way of crippling you. I mean, his servant, the maid was trying to do her best. She was running, she was fleeing from the enemy and she dropped him and mistakes happen. And now here, this five-year-old boy is crippled for life. His name was uh, um, It's interesting, that name there means shame. Isn't that, isn't that interesting? His parents named him a Fibble chef, and they didn't even realize that in a few years, he would be filled with shame. And his whole life um, was changed. In an instant, he was absolutely changed. And he was crippled. And I found that in life, there's a lot of people that are crippled. A lot of people who are helpless, a lot of people who have been damaged, they've been dropped, life has dropped them. And they got good feet and they can get up and walk around and they've got a job and they got a marriage and they're they're functioning, but you know what? They're crippled. They're crippled spiritually. They're crippled emotionally. They're crippled relationally. And you know what the best solution for people who are crippled, not only physically, but mentally and spiritually, it's experiencing the grace of God. See, God's grace, even though you are crippled, mentally, physically, spiritually, uh, relationally, God's grace is amazing and you can recover and you can change and your life can be different if you will tap into what I call amazing grace. Now I'm gonna give you three points here real quick. Point number one, grace isn't amazing if you don't understand it. You see, John Newton penned the words amazing grace It is possible that your life can be changed. You don't have to be crippled anymore. But grace isn't amazing if you don't understand it. And Mephibosheth didn't understand it. The Bible says later on in 2 Samuel that that, that he was living in Lodibar. And and he was much older now, but he was still crippled. Uh, Lodibar, the name of that city means barren pasture. He was he was put out to pasture. He was forgotten about. Why? Because he was just a crippled man who couldn't give society anything. And people just tolerated him. And they kind of pushed him aside and they and they sent him to Lodi Bar, barren pasture. And you know what? There's a lot of people that are that are living in Lodi Bar. Uh, they're, 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 they're just out to pasture. They don't feel productive. They don't feel like they're adding anything. They don't feel like their life matters. They're crippled and they're just living in Lodi Bar. Now, King David uh, asked a question in 2 Samuel chapter 9. He says, Is there anybody in Saul's house that I can show kindness to? Let me translate that. King David said, Is there anybody left in King's generation, in, in Saul's generation, that I can show grace to? And David's servants said, yes, King David, there happens to be Mephibosheth, and he happens to be living in Lodibar, but King David, he's crippled in both feet. And David sent his servants to Mephibosheth, and, and, and they brought Mephibosheth into the presence of the king. And watch this, here's what Mephibosheth said to King David when he was brought into the king's presence. He says, why should you notice a dead dog like me. See, Mephibosheth didn't understand God's grace. He saw himself as a, a dead dog. He saw himself as a crippled man. He saw himself as worthless. He saw himself as a dead dog. And you see, grace isn't amazing if you don't understand it. And Mephibosheth did not understand how amazing Grace really was. His view of himself, his self-perception, he didn't, wasn't able to tap into the knowledge of what grace can really do. John Newton, the author of Amazing Grace, he, he knew what grace was. He understood the importance of God's grace. He understood it. And grace isn't amazing if you don't understand it. You see, you can't earn God's grace. You can't work for it. You can't get up up enough points to be good enough to deserve it. See, grace is amazing because it's free and it's available to all of us. That's why the writer said, grow in grace. Understand what grace is. Acknowledge that grace is amazing, but if you don't understand it, it's not amazing. And Mephibosheth didn't understand the power of grace. Number two, grace isn't amazing if you don't share it. Now watch this. David was now king, he was in charge, and now he brings Mephibosheth into his presence and he said something powerful, he said, but from this moment on, you are going to eat and you're going to live with me and I'm going to take care of you the rest of your life. That is amazing grace. And grace isn't amazing if you don't share it. David, now king, he had the power, he had the authority, and he knew that Saul still had a few Grandkids left and he brought them and he said, I'm going to show you God's grace and God's mercy. You see, grace isn't amazing if you don't share it. And David, in this beautiful story, uh, shared God's amazing grace. This is what I call it. I call it David deposited into the grace bank. Now, in your life and in your family and in your finances, you know that you've got to make deposits. Uh, uh, Ideally, you make more deposits than you do withdrawals. And there is a grace bank that is out there. And when you deposit into that grace bank, you're able to withdraw grace that is available for you. And what David was doing to Mephibosheth was he was depositing grace. He was extending grace. He was being graceful. He was being gracious. He was extending the grace of God to somebody who didn't deserve it, and that was Mephibosheth. You know, in the culture that we're living in right now, it would be really wise for all of us uh, to quit singing about grace, quit talking about grace, and actually begin to share grace. I mean, it's good to sing about it. It's good to preach about it. It's good to talk about it. But but, but what this culture needs right now is not judgment or condemnation or legalism. What our culture needs is for God's grace to be shown and shared with everybody. There's somebody in your life. There's somebody in your family. There is somebody on the job. There is somebody near you that is crippled and they're paralyzed and they are unable to move and they can't function. And maybe what God is doing is in this story, like, like, like God brought David and Mephibosheth together to extend God's grace. Maybe God is bringing somebody into your life that you can share grace with. Now, they, don't, they, they can't earn it. They don't deserve it. They're crippled. They're helpless, they're dependent, and maybe today, maybe this week would be a great time for you to make a deposit of God's grace that God has given you, and you deposit that into someone else's life. You see, grace isn't amazing if you don't understand it. And number two, grace isn't amazing if you don't share it. And then uh, point number three, grace isn't amazing if you don't accept it. You have got to accept God's amazing grace on a daily basis. You, like myself, we fail all the time, we mess up, we get ourselves into all kinds of trouble, and you, like me, we need to come to that place where we say, God, thank you for your amazing grace. I accept it. And when you accept God's grace, then you're able to give God's grace away. If you look in your Bible, uh, in 2 Samuel chapter nine, in fact, in my Bible, you will turn just one page away from this story. In 2 Samuel chapter nine, you'll you'll turn one page and you'll find 2 Samuel chapter 11. And that is the story of David and Bathsheba. Did, Did David know that when he was extending grace and mercy to Mephibosheth, that in just a few short days, he would have to tap into that same grace when he committed adultery with Bathsheba. I mean, it, it, it's one of the worst stories in the, in, the, in the Old Testament. David, a man after his own heart, was able to extend grace to Mephibosheth, the cripple, And yet now, just a few hours after that, a few days, a few weeks, David is confronted with the sin of Bathsheba. He committed adultery with Bathsheba. He killed her husband and so much pain, so much heartache. And if there was ever a story where you just throw in the towel and say, oh, there's no way, man. David understood the power of accepting God's grace maybe he didn't know when he was extending mercy and grace to Mephibosheth that he himself would have to tap into that same grace and he would pen in the Old Testament Psalm 51 have mercy on me God have grace on me God Lord I'm a cripple I know how to give grace away but now I'm in need of grace Myself, And there's someone listening to me right now that that, that you're really good at forgiving other people, but you're not good at receiving forgiveness. You're good at showing mercy to other people who are crippled, but you have a tough time receiving that for yourself. And grace isn't amazing if you don't accept it. And as bad as that story is in 2 Samuel chapter 11 with David and Bathsheba, God was able to forgive and restore and renew David's relationship because David shared grace, he understood grace, and he accepted the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. I can't help but not think that John Newton and David had a lot in common. John Newton, the author of Amazing Grace, he was a a slave trader, that's pretty bad. Blasphemous John had a terrible reputation. And yet in in his crippledness, he was able to accept God's grace. And then he was able to be a voice and an advocate for God's grace to be released into thousands of people in England. Amazing grace. And if it can happen in the life of uh, David, if it could happen in the life of John Newton, then it can happen in your life as well. Grace isn't amazing if you don't understand it. Grace isn't amazing if you don't share it. And grace isn't amazing if you don't accept it. There's a dear friend of mine, uh, his name is Michael Clater. He's a dear friend of our family, known him for years. Uh, really, as a little boy, and now he's a grown man with kids, and. Uh, he's got one of the greatest jobs uh, in the world. He's a musician, he's a singer, and uh, he lives in Gainesville, and, and his job uh, is to go from room to room in Shan's Hospital, and he gets to sing, and he gets to, he gets to, he gets to play. Um, when, uh, when Austin was in Miami, and he was fighting for his life, uh, Michael, Michael came down and I'll never forget it. He came into the room and our family surrounded Austin's bed and we and, and, and Michael started singing, we started worshiping. We just started just uh, changing the atmosphere in that room and we just exalted God and we lifted him up and we sang and tears flowing from our eyes as we were worshiping. And, and uh, Michael was just doing he does. He he just loves to sing and loves to worship. And and he was kind enough to come down and and, and, uh, um, just lift our spirits and get our focus on God. And in that ICU room, number 11, we just worship the Lord. That was a beautiful experience. Well, David, uh, Michael gets to do that uh, every single day. And I asked him one time, I said, I said, Michael, as you go around from room to room, you're dealing with kids that are dying. You're dealing with parents that are that are passing away, you're dealing with cancer victims, you're dealing with so much hopelessness. I asked him, what, what, uh, what's the number one song that you're requested to sing? Now, I was thinking it'd be like a country song or a popular song. And without hesitation, Michael said to me, he said, the number one requested song that I sing to in hopeless situations, in helpless situations, people that are crippled He said, the number one requested song is, are you ready? Amazing Grace. Isn't that interesting? People that are crippled, people that are hurt, people that are hopeless, people that have been sent off to pasture, forgotten about, when they're in their greatest need, they wanna sing and cry out, amazing grace and I find it ironic that David he was able to give it away and yet when he was confronted with his own personal sin a tragic sin that he was able to tap in and receive amazing grace that's available to him today if God can do it for David he can do it for you if God can do it for John Newton he can do it for you if God can do it for John Newton he can do it for, do it for, Newton, do it for Scott George. And he can certainly do it for you. I would tap into the grace of God today. Let it grow in you. Let it expand in you. Let it enlarge in you. And when you grow in grace, the Bible says that God receives glory. Why? Because God is a God of grace and kindness. This week, take a moment and share God's grace. This week, take a moment and share God's kindness. This week, find a crippled chef, and extend grace to him because you never know when you're gonna need grace. And grace is always available and it's there for you. It's called
5: Amazing Grace. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me i once was lost but now i'm found was blind but now i see when we've been there Ten thousand years, bright shining as the sun, we've no less days to sing God's praise than when we first begun. Praise God, praise God, praise God.
0: Let me pray for you today. Father, we are grateful for your amazing grace that's available to us. God, I pray for uh, everyone watching today. I pray for the Pinecastle family. I pray for our friends that are watching online today. That, that, that in their crippledness, they would simply cry out to you and receive kindness and goodness. That's available through Jesus Christ. God, we can't earn it. We don't deserve it. We're guilty. We're crippled. We confess that, but yet we receive your amazing grace. God, we're blind. We can't see, but we ask you to come into our lives and infuse us with your grace. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, in Jesus' name, Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. Be full of grace and grow in grace in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen and amen. God bless you, church. Uh, We'll see you next week. Aren't you thankful for amazing grace? Uh, It's hard to believe that uh, John Newton, hundreds of years ago, came up with that wonderful thought, that wonderful concept. Uh, There's really only one way to describe God's grace, and that is amazing. I'm so grateful for that gift. I'm so grateful for his story, and I'm grateful today that we can walk in and what John Newton called amazing grace. Walk in that today. As you go, uh, know that God's grace is always available for you, and we're we're grateful for that. Uh, I want to say a word of blessing over you as, as we go today. Now, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you and give you peace. And I pray that you will walk in the peace and the grace of Jesus Christ this week. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy
6: Spirit. Amen and amen. God bless you, church. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye.